Hello and welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Nails here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Dedman, and I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. Your voice sounds really rich today. Sounds like a rich, thick, sounds really, very radio announcer voice today. You know, it's funny. I was talking to somebody earlier in the week who said that very thing about having a having a perfect voice for this. I've never... I've always wanted to have a, you know, to be able to make a living speaking into a microphone, but I've never, I've never considered that maybe I had a voice. Well, that you're would... having a good day. Well, that's fine. <laughs> no, it, dep- it depends on how irritated I get you by the end of the show, because the more irritated you become, the, the less the, the bass is in your voice. That's your true. voice gets particularly higher and higher the more I irritate you. That's, that's true with most people, though. <laughs> But anyway, let's talk about our cigars. So this is an interesting part of my life now that I have to accept. Okay. If I get a new cigar that I've never smoked before and I don't smoke it for the first time on the show, it kind of feels like I'm cheating on my wife. <laughs> I don't... I, 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 I don't have that problem. Oh, see, I've, I do. If I have it, I've had this cigar now for over a month. Oh. Because I've been meaning yeah. to smoke it. But I didn't want to smoke it if I wasn't on the show. I hate to, I feel like, I guess it's not really like cheating so much as I feel like it's a wasted opportunity. Fair enough. I had the opportunity to smoke this on the show and actually really give it the attention it deserves. So this is a Cremus Particularis from Nicaragua. Okay. Um, I'm not familiar. So Who's... the reason I ended up with this cigar, these, this is a throwback to an old Cuban brand. It's actually okay. a throwback to Cuban Protagus. Okay. The reason I ended up the with label kind of resembles that, so yeah, that, very Cuban feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the re, and it's triple capped. If you look, you can see it is yeah. triple capped in the Cuban style. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at the anniversary party down in Madison, and I had bought Gurkhas, a couple of Gurkha Nicaraguans, and um, Je, or uh, Tom's partner. What's his name? The guy nobody likes. Ken. Ken <laughs> said. Hey, you ought to try this. We're helping them distribute them. Gotcha. And also, I ended up getting one to give it a shot, and I just have not got around to... I didn't want to smoke it by myself. I wanted to be on the show and smoke it where everybody could could be here and hear my, my take on it. Something like that, I definitely agree. But, you know, I've had... What was it? About a month ago or two months ago, you know, the... The Nicaragua, the the La Aurora 107 Nicaragua came out, and the Charter Oak Habano both came out within a week of each other. Yeah, I wasn't waiting on those. Yeah, you know, See, they, new releases. I don't feel nearly at you know. If I find a forgotten treasure or something unique, and re- I do feel that same kind of urge that you do to kind of hold on to it and wait. But a new release, as long as I post about it on Instagram and give kind of a light review there to our listeners, I feel like I've... Well, I've, that may I'll, be the difference. I don't use Instagram. True. Um, because, like, I still haven't smoked the Charter Oak Cabano because the first one of those I smoke will be on the show, and I just haven't been where I had a chance to pick right. one up and bring it here to find out. So, what are you smoking? If, if, we, had, if we had not had such... A, tumultuous week trying to figure out when we were going to sit down together and actually record the show. I would have brought you one because I actually smoked one last night. But uh, I wasn't... When I went and did my cigar run yesterday, we hadn't locked down what time we were recording yet, so I didn't I didn't think to prepare that way. Anyway, 
Um, so this week I am smoking the McAuliffe A. I'm, I know you smoke this on the show, and I and I also know that my first one that I smoked was not on the show. And I'm trying to remember if I've ever actually smoked this on the show or not. I, I didn't think I had. Um, so it's a Nicaraguan Sumatra wrapper over Sumatran binder and filler from the DR. So, you know, it's funny over the course of the last year and a half or so, two years, how much of a Dominican kick I've gotten on. But I've all, but before that, I was a diehard Nicaraguan. So it's it's it it, it does not surprise me that I absolutely love this cigar, considering that boy that does smell like weed, doesn't it? <laughs> Is that what weed smells? I've never smoked yeah, weed. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that's it, what weed smells like. Is that exactly? Oh my gosh! It's I'm going to get a contact high from your cigar. It's kind of skunky. Yeah, that <laughs> that smells. Someone put marijuana in your cigar. We'll know. We'll know here in a minute because the show will get real interesting. Being as I've never had it before in my life. It, wow. And I'll, let me read the label of this thing. What does Caladada Garantizada mean? <laughs> I assume that's the dude that rolled its name. I don't know, but we may. you may want to look that up real quick. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm looking at the review right here from Corona Cigars, and he says nothing about weed in his review. <laughs> and I got to imagine if they did have weed, they would cost more than eight bucks a stick. Yeah. <laughs> but he did get really interested in the politics of the ceiling fan about halfway through the cigar. Uh <laughs> That's interesting. Wow, that thing stinks. <laughs> I, you know, I, I am I am the last person to say. You know, we used to. One of the shops I used to be a regular at would basically chastise people for smoking acids or other flavored cigars in the shop because it overpowers and overwhelms the cigar that you're smoking. They just tend to be a little bit stronger. And so there was kind of an unwritten rule of, you know, don't smoke a flavored in the shop. Sure. And, and while I get it, I was never the kind of person to step on somebody else's enjoyment of their hobby in whichever way that manifests itself for them. So, but this one, if, poof, man. That's that's unique. I mean, it's a unique flavor. And uh, But when I first lit it, I got a real blast of skunk. Yeah. Kind of like I just walked up on one in the deer stand in the middle of the night. Now it's mellowed out. Thankfully, once it's got warm, that skunk has mellowed. But it's still got a... That's just a different flavor. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I like it or not yet. I'll have to get much further into the cigar before I decide that. It's going to be interesting to watch your demeanor change as you go through the <laughs> stages of getting high. Okay. Well, is it, what's stage 12? Is that, this may not be good being as I'm going to look at a truck after this. <laughs> Why did you buy that truck, Shane? Well, bl- blame it on particular race. First guy ever to get a DWI while test driving a vehicle. <laughs> Actually, no, I guarantee you wouldn't no, be. Somebody has yeah. beaten you to that. Yeah, somebody, somebody is definitely way ahead of me on that. But that's interesting. It's an interesting flavor. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying interesting, but I don't know that I like it. But the A I love. I've had four or five A's. Really love them. I got one in my kit right now yeah. in case I needed to whip it out. And just um, really enjoy the, the McAuliffe A. My, my only complaint is that it's not an actual A it's size. It's not an A. <laughs> but it stands for ambassador. And I, they and call I, it the AM or, or AB. 
don't call it the A if it's not. Is it be like me naming a cigar the Churchill and it be a Robusto? Well, the Winston Churchills do come in a variety of sizes. Exactly. I'm against that, too. Okay. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> what else is new? <laughs> Florida man rescues puppy from an alligator's jaws while smoking a cigar. This now, I guarantee you that nobody listening to this show does not already know this story. This has been everywhere this week. Well, so there's a couple of features of this story that I do need to touch on. Okay. And uh, one, I'd like to know what he was smoking. It looks like a Toscano. Is really if just at a glance, and, and which I, means it's this is Florida though, so it's not a Toscana. It's a white owl. It's it's it, a oh, Chiro- it's a Kentucky cheroot. It's the, the man fought an alligator to save his dog. Will you not at least let him have a premium cigar between his teeth, Trey? <laughs> no, because I'm I'm saying the premium cigar smoker is not going to wrestle an alligator. I'm saying the premium cigar smoker is the perfect guy to hand, to rescue an alligator or to fight an alligator. And Because, one, he's obviously scared enough of his wife that he's not smoking in the house, so he decided he'd take her dog, because this is definitely her dog, for a yeah. walk. And the dog gets grabbed by an alligator. And no, he, that's not a Toscano or a Cheroot. It's too big a ring gauge for that. So will, you, so will you at least let the man that wrestled an alligator for his dog have a premium cigar? Sure. You'll you'll at least credit him. I mean, you can say it's a Rocky for all I care. I mean, I'm, ju- I'm just saying. he looks like I'm the look- kind of guy that would smoke a Rocky. He does look like he, he looks like. I mean, good. I mean, hey, good on Rocky. There, he looks like the kind of guy that would smoke a Rocky Patel. If I walked into a shop and seen him sitting there with that dog on his lap, I would think he had a Rocky Patel in his mouth. But okay, first and foremost, it ain't that big an alligator. No, it is not. But it's still an alligator. He still dived in the water, cigar in his mouth, to rescue that dog from an alligator. Especially when you consider. Where we go one, we go all. You know, <laughs> alligators do not exist yeah, in was, solitary. You know, if, if he's jumping into a lake with an alligator, there's others in there. And probably a little bit bigger than this guy. Sure, sure, certainly. And I'll, But now, if it's me, the thing is, he didn't kill the alligator. I'd have to kill the alligator. I'd beat it against that tree he's standing next and have a nice collar made for the dog, maybe a belt for myself. Right. Because then you've got a story. Then the story is complete. They say, why is your dog wearing alligator skin? <laughs> I, well, here's why. <laughs> I re- I w- didn't you see the video? Hadn't you been on Facebook in the past 24 hours? Now, my other question is, did the bastard holding the camera not ever occur to him to at least hold the man's cigar? <laughs> right. I mean, okay, I can understand maybe he didn't want to put the camera down because it wasn't that big an alligator, but would you not at least offer here, let me hold your stokey? <laughs> I mean, come on, guy. Well, it doesn't look as though enough, I mean, looks such spur spur of the moment that that there probably wasn't time to do anything but pull out the phone and start recording while he was already jumping into action. I mean, the guy's already in the water when the video starts. The quality of this video makes me think that this was a security camera somewhere left stationary. Nope. Nope. Because it moves, it's a, um, it's definitely cell phone footage. It's the reason it's so grainy is because it's zoomed in. Digital zoom always is going to produce that grainy kind of look. Well, so the dude actually just stops and watches this guy dive in and try to rescue his dog from alligator. It doesn't occur to him. 
to what if this what if this had went terribly wrong? Could we get this guy for involuntary manslaughter for not putting down the daggum camera and rescuing somebody? It was already handled. But what if it went wrong? He didn't okay, know when the guy dove it, the dove in that he was gonna. You can't sit here and tell me that you are going to jump on the what if bandwagon. You're going to be right over there with Slippery Slope Guy next. No, I guarantee you, if I was walking through a park and I saw this brave individual dive into the water to rescue his dog from an alligator, I'm going to come off for a hand. I'm not going to sit there like a dummy with my phone trying to get famous on YouTube. That's my complaint. I really believe that that's the problem in this scenario. I I think you were reading way too much into that. Uh, you know, some guy because we don't even know if the guy filming was with the guy who did the rescuing. If they were together, then it's so you have to know somebody before you'll help them wrestle an alligator to save their dog. That's not what I'm suggesting. I'm <laughs> suggesting that it's more likely that the person recording the video knew the guy. I'm saying it's the opposite of what you're suggesting. <laughs> he said, "Oh, Rick can handle an alligator and just let it go." <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, is a great it's, friend okay. on one hand. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. You and Yuri are walking beside a lake, and dog gets eaten by an alligator, and he jumps in to rest. He's got it. I, I would say Yuri is one of the <laughs> Yuri is one of the rare exceptions. Hey, but I'm just saying, like even even you okay. who will jump to to the defense and the aid of anybody who needs it. it there are certain guys. If Bubba jumps in the water, you're letting him handle that alligator. Oh, yeah, I'm just scared. <laughs> I'm far more scared of Bubba than I am of, of the alligator. Looking at this guy, he looks he looks like a guy that can handle us. This probably ain't his first alligator. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> okay, well, I will allow that. I will allow that in this scenario you've built is a superior scenario. My scenario is... It's some millennial that wants to be famous on YouTube that would rather do that than rescue an alligator. Your scenario is that it's somebody that knew this guy had it handled, so just decided to take a video for posterity. I will give you this one. This one is yours. Your scenario is far superior to mine, Trey. So mode it be. All right. <laughs> but anyway. And also, I guarantee you wrestling the alligator was far preferable to facing his wife and telling her that he let a do- an alligator eat their dog. Oh, absolutely. Uh, he might could have reasoned with the alligator at some point. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but anyway, okay. Sorry, I just I had to touch on that because it's been everywhere. It's just one of those things that makes me happy. And it's it's funny, too, because that's the first time that I've seen um, that he actually had a cigar in his mouth. The first couple of times I saw the video, I didn't notice that. I also oh, yeah. wasn't really paying that close attention. Well, when I, when I typed in cigar news in Google this week to do show prep, that article came up like 20 times from 20 different sources. And I'll, everybody, that's the first thing they said was cigar in his mouth. Gotcha. And I, which, unfortunately, he didn't get to finish a cigar because it got dumped it got in swamp water. Here. And I'll, But, hey, Drew Estate, somebody uh, step Somebody up. send this guy. <laughs> step up and sell this, send this guy a couple of cigars, okay? Speaking of which, don't send him the Shady. Drew Estate ships 2020 editions of Undercrown Dogma, Dojo Dogma, and Shady. Have you ever smoked a Shady? Yeah. Yeah. I like the Dogma. I did, too. I bought a box of Dogmas last year. I really enjoyed them. Thought they were good. But the Shady, one, I don't like Eminem. I think rap is a cancer on the music industry. 
So it, I guess I shouldn't bias. It may be a good cigar, but I've never heard anybody look that smoked the shady that said, "Oh yeah, it's awesome." Is that? I didn't realize that that was what the shady was. Oh yeah, it's M and M's blend and all the Slim Shady. Gotcha. And um, it's called the Shady because of that. Gotcha. And yeah, I, I had no idea that that was where the name. I mean, because they have the Undercrown Shade. So I mean, Shady XX is or is that Shady Twenty? I don't know. In honor of the twentieth anniversary okay, of Shady is. Records, the label founded by Eminem. Gotcha. So um, and I'm, I guess that's silly. I, I've got a lot of silly stuff going on in my cigar life right now. I may have to do an, a, a silly cigar inventory and figure out because I don't. I don't want to smoke the shady because I don't like rap music. Well, that's a terrible reason not to smoke a cigar True. at all. But by the same token, I wouldn't smoke a um, J.C. Newman when they were available because they came out against the exemption. I think that's perfectly fair. That wasn't J.C. Newman. That was Nat Sherman. Nat Sherman. Excuse me. Not J.C. Newman. Nat Spe- Sherman. Speaking of um, wacky cigars, silly cigars, I'm going to... I'm going to upset your your balance of content because I didn't tell you that I had this. Um, But the segue was perfect. Perdomo announced yesterday that the 10th anniversary champagnes in in the Sun Grown Connecticut and the whatever the other, Maduro, are now going to be offered in a figurato size. And I am just stinking excited about that. I love a figurato. Well, a figurato has its place. Yeah. When you just need a quick smoke, they're do, they're doing it at a good time of the year, coming mm-hmm. into a time of the year when it's a little chilly outside, and you maybe just want to knock out a quick one. It's going to come in a four and three quarter by forty four, fifty six, and fifty two. So four and a quarter by fifty six is almost nub territory. Yeah, getting real close. Okay, this particular ace is I I don't know. I, I feel like it's going to pull out a knife and cut me at some point. It's really kind of weird. I'm, I'm not sure I like it. I'm not sure that I hate it either. So, but I'm, I'm about, eh, about an inch and a half in. Yeah. And it's just getting weirder as the smoke progresses. And my funny. eyes getting bloodshot if I'm starting to lose focus. <laughs> Start. you, you seem to still be fully with us and coherent, or at least as much as normal. So I'll let it ride for now. One other thing I want to say about the Perdomo. It's one of the things that got me so excited about this. You know, talking about silly cigars. Perdomo doesn't show their sense of humor very often. They're a very serious cigar company. Sure. They do what they do. They do it very well. They do, you know, they're like Major Winchester in that regard. They do one thing at a time. They do it very well, and then they move on. You don't often... Now, I know Nick has an amazing personality. Everyone I've ever known who is associated with Perdomo has a great personality and sense of humor, and you just never see that come through the blend or through the brand like you do with some others. I feel like that's what this is a little bit. They've never done a Figurato before. This is a new size and shape for them, and it's in their new blends, and I just, I don't know. I love seeing their personality show through. I like it. I like the idea of it. I like the thought process behind it. Uh, we've smoked the red one of the 10th anniversary, and we still got the blue. Or did we smoke the blue one? We smoked the blue one, and I still got the red one for us to smoke. Yeah. We may have to smoke that next week. I'll yeah, have to. Because I, I smoked another of the Maduro, the blue. Right. Because we had already smoked it on the show. I, I specifically grabbed that one. So well, Yeah, we see, still have the sun grown to go. 
See, I think it's a podcasting thing. Is you just you you kind of get to where you want to smoke with your listeners when you're smoking. And uh, all right, you want to talk about the humidor? We can, yeah. Um, so my father's cigars announced uh, humidor deluxe, and this is in celebration of Pepin's seventieth birthday. You know, I I really really like the way they did this. You know. Pepin Garcia has been a legend in the industry for as long as I can remember. And even before that, 70th birthday coming up, he goes, all right, let's uh, let's do something special. So it's a limited edition cigar that comes in a limited edition humidor. Uh, Pricing has not been announced yet, nor have. um, Oh, yeah, that part is here. Um, 75 individually numbered humidors. Five of them are going to stay within the company, so 70 will be available to consumers. Um, Like I said, you know, price hasn't been released yet. I'm guessing it's going to be outside of yours and my range. Yeah, I think it's definitely because it's going to come with 100 cigars. Right. So you figure if the cigars are $12 each, let's just just take an average. So you're talking about $1,200 plus a couple of Shekels for the Humi. You're probably yeah. talking about $1,500. Yeah. Yeah, $1,500, two grand is what I figure the price tag on this thing is going to be. Yeah. But I do like that, you know, the thing is, my father is the kind of company that can do this because they don't do it often. Right. And they have a really great track record of doing limited editions, special releases that are truly limited edition special releases. You get them now, they're gone forever. They don't bring them back in a few years. They and they make sure that the blend is something special. You know, it's a Nicaraguan puro, which you would expect out of this factory. Um, all of the tobacco comes from the farms that uh, that the company owns, and it's going to be um, wrapped in a Corojo ninety nine wrapper. One of the things I love about this article, and part of why I I brought it to the table this week, is this quote. This three-quarter to full-bodied cigar is very well-balanced and complex. Now, I have never heard the term three-quarter right. in re- reference to body before. I love it. That just paints such... I know exactly what you mean when you say, yeah, it's about three-quarters. And Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm going to start using that. Yeah, I, li- I like that. Instead of medium that. plus. That's and, you know, and here's the, here's the way I look at this. You've got every other week, Fuente is releasing a special edition with a special humidor and all that. And the guys that got buy that are kind of the guys that just buy Mustangs or Corvettes. This is kind of like a real old American muscle car. This is somebody that's, that's not just trying to look unique, that really is unique. And also, I kinda, that's kind of the vibe I get off of this particular thing. And uh, maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm... Maybe I'm partial, but, you know, you see the guys kind of show up in the Corvette or the Mustang, and it's just kind of like, ah, it's a little cliche. And uh, you start losing a few hairs, and you buy a Corvette. But then you see the guy... Run off with a girl named Trixie. Yeah. Then you see the guy that shows up with the well-loved muscle car made of Detroit steel. The engine rattles the windows just a little because he tuned it up just right to himself. That's the kind of guy who I think buys this My Father humidor. The other guy's a Fuente guy. And I guess, as usual, I'm reading way deep into way this. Way too much. Way too much. And all, but I'm enjoying myself. So let's take a break. When we get back, we got to talk about another cigar heist. 
Yeah. And all. I'm excited to talk about this because I've, I've got a suspect in mind, and he okay. still has not produced an alibi for me. <laughs> and all. And he's really the only person I know that would go to this much trouble for that cigar. Fair so enough. So stay tuned, and we'll be back. Trey here with this week's Cigar Under 8. I want to talk about a cigar that Shane and I have both smoked and from a company that we're actually going to talk about in the next half of the show. This is the Aladino Elegante. It's a Corojo wrapper that is done about as well as Corojo can be done. Yeah, if you talk Aladino with people, if you're going to put an Aladino into someone's hand, buy the Corojo. It's definitely worth it. They have a couple of different cigars that are Corojos. They're Honduran Puros. They're made in the Las Lomas factory in Honduras uh, by the Eroa family, which is a legendary cigar family. Absolutely. Uh, the Elegante is the, the only size that we have found that actually falls under the $8 uh, line. But it's a 7 by 38 So while it's a smaller ring gauge, you still get a lot of cigar for your money. And it's, it's really, really well made. Um, you may have a little bit of trouble finding these in stores for reasons that you will understand in a few minutes. Uh, but if you can find them, I think now is definitely the time to be supporting Aladino. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane, sitting across from the man with his finger poised on the panic button, Mr. Trey Dedman. Then all that's that's been the most interesting part of the whole Corona thing for me is I didn't know how many friends I had that had their finger just laid right above the panic button. I'm a little disappointed that you think that I'm one of those people. Well, you got to understand what I'm comparing it to. If I was, here's where my panic, here's the way my panic button works. If there was a Sasquatch holding a flamethrower standing in my living room and I had just cracked my second Sasquatch egg into the omelet pan, I would holler at Glenda, honey, where's the panic button? And anybody that's been married for t- more than 20 minutes knows what would she holler back? Where'd you last have it? Oh, have Where'd you looked you? for it? Yeah. Have you looked for it? No, I haven't looked for the panic button. Now, by this time, I'm roasted over the Sasquatch's open fire. But my panic button, I could not find it if I needed it. But I didn't know how many people had that dude ready to whip it out and just start beating on it like a gerbil at the treat machine. And also, it was just my thought process this morning. <laughs> when you shake your head on the podcast, they don't hear yeah, it. Yeah, well, I, you know, that was just for you. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refrain from, from vocalizing my, my thoughts in that case. You want to talk about the warehouse break-in? That's always what you look for in a podcast host. (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about JRE Tobacco's warehouse break-in. So last weekend, the weekend of the 21st, 22nd, um, JRE Tobacco Warehouse Miami was broken into, and they stole all the inventory. That was what amazed me about this. This is not a smash and grab. This is not somebody who's like, hey, let's, you know, they're, they're sitting around on a Saturday night. Hey, what do you want to do? You want to knock off a cigar warehouse? Sure. Well, you know. No, this obviously took planning. Every single bit of inventory out of the warehouse was stolen, which means they had to show up with trucks. Well, yeah. I mean, now, JRE makes Aladino. 
Aladino's mm-hmm. probably their most famous yeah. product. I'd say that's fair to call that their most famous product. It's the Aroa family. And um, the only person I know that likes Aladino well enough that they could smoke a warehouse full is our listener, Alex. You know, I... I'm not trying to incriminate myself here, but I would I could smoke through. I loved their stuff, um, and there's only one shop in town that carries it, which is why I don't smoke it anymore than I do. Some in here in the humidor. Since when? There's always been Aladino in the humidor in here. I'll bet you after the show I can walk you in there and point you right to the Aladino in this humidor. I have never seen it in this humidor. Well, it's in an odd-shaped box. It's in one of those boxes that has multiple-sized cigars in the same box. And you've probably moved past it a dozen times. That's, I will give you that. That's probably true. Anyway. And, but uh, so they clean. So, okay. I'm like you. I would like to know numbers. Yeah. I've looked at a couple of versions of this article, and I'd like to know how many cigars they actually got. So uh, I can tell you the reason they haven't announced that is because I'm guessing there's an insurance claim pending. And so you can really create some problems for yourself if you go to the press saying, yeah, they stole $100,000 worth of inventory, and then it comes back that that was either high or low, and they just, and it, it's, you know, it wasn't done in bad faith, but it can create some issues. So it's, it's, it's better in circumstances like this to just not mention numbers, to not talk about specific details, let the investigation play out, let all of that happen, and then settle up after the fact. And then you know, someone will let it slip once that check gets cut, just how much was was based on inventory. Well, Justo Aroa, president of JRE Tobacco, is working hard at the factory in Honduras, managed by his father, Julio Aroa, to restock the inventory in the United States. So they've got shipments, they're trying to come in, they're trying to make their orders, but I don't know. I'm, okay, if, so, if you'd said, hey, somebody hit the Padron factory, do you think they thought it was the JFR factory instead of the JRE factory? Do you think they knocked over the wrong tobacco Some, factory? Somebody or got home and was warehouse? really disappointed. I'm, actually, no, in my opinion, you, it's it's better if you end up with these than JFR. But um, yeah, I do I do wonder because you know, so they sent JRE sent out communication to all of their retailers, just kind of letting them know, you know, don't buy from any retailers you know, right. from anybody but us because it's probably where it came from. The thing is, I wouldn't think that this would be an easy enough cigar to sell on the black market. Yeah, it's pretty it's specific. It's not like when they knocked off the, the Fuente trucks. You know, I, you know, not that I'm trying to tell these guys to get their act together and, and be better at being thieves, but it just does, it is strange to me. But at the same time, this line all security cameras, alarm system, internet equipment, and phone lines are down. So they killed the building. Like, they... Right. They, they was, knocked... I mean, that's a that's a professional job. It is. It's It's got to be... So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to project here. It's got to be some mob boss in Miami that really likes these cigars. And he made them an offer, and they turned him down, so he just sent a, a group of guys to take them? No, he would have blown up the building afterwards if that were the case. Well, that, that is pot. Uh, no, you, you can be, you know, mob guys nowadays are more businessmen than they used to be. Blowing up the warehouse, probably not. Hey, why blow up a warehouse that obviously you know how to waltz in and take whatever you want? 
But, you know, that's a fair point. Obviously, all you got to do is pull the stick out of the door and waltz in and start loading cigars into the back of a truck. But how many how many cigars do you think you could fit in the back of a U-Haul truck? Say you rented a 1999 20 foot, 20 foot U-Haul truck. What do you fit 200,000 in there? Probably yeah. fairly easy. Was that so that 200,000 so that's what 10,000 boxes? Yeah. It's true. Uh, that's a bunch of cigars. I don't know. I mean, you might be able to get that in in one of those small trucks. Yeah. But Aladino, their average runs what? 10, 10 20,000 cigars? Could, couldn't tell you. Yeah, we should have no researched that a little thoroughly and done some cubic measurements and really calculated that out. But. Well, my, my heart really does go out to Gusto because we've had him on the show before. He's a great guy. Um, you know, so I, I, I hate to see this happen. Hope, hopefully, you know, insurance coverage takes over, and obviously you can't get that product back, so it is still going to hurt. Uh, in the long run, in being able to keep product on the cells uh, on the shelves, but but you can't buy publicity like this. True, that, that that's I mean, also true. But you really can't buy any better publicity than what this has got going on. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I just I, I do I do hate it for them because I I can only imagine what this what turmoil this must be. Well, this is the third cigar heist in as many years. You know, we had the Drew Estate shipment that was stolen, and we had the um, Fuente shipment that was stolen. But they weren't stolen from the warehouse. They were stolen in transit from the shipping containers. There was another warehouse break-in about two or three months ago that we covered as well. I'm trying to remember who it was. Um, but this isn't the first warehouse break-in. There was one other. Also, uh, that was in Ebor City. I'm trying to remember which one. But Well, speaking of Ebor City, let's talk about the, the Ebor City factory that J.C. Newman is putting together. You know, when I start traveling again... I've been wanting to get down to Ybor City for a long time, and I think this is on the short list for me. Um, Since we had to forego a honeymoon this year because of everything that's going on, I think I might be able to kind of swing. Hey, we'll we'll do a a weekend trip, but I want to go to Florida. So (laughs) you romantic devil. (laughs) Hey, um, I'll I'll take her to an art museum, and it'll all balance out. So um, the J.C. Newman factory in Ybor City has recently done a full renovation and upgrade to their building and their facility there, um, including adding on a, um, a section which is dedicated to the history as more of a museum of their cigars and their company. And I don't know. I just, I, I love to see, you know, we, we hear, we read articles all the time about, factories that are being converted into hotels or knocked down to make way for a car park and, and, and things like this. And I really love to see some of the cigar history, especially in Ybor City, being preserved like this. Well, here's my complaint. This is from Biz Of Journals. course you're going to complain about this. Well, no, it's a, the, the factory thing's great, awesome, great ideal. But if you're doing 10 pictures, why are two of them of the bathrooms? <laughs> in the Ebor City factory. I did find that confusing as well. But that seems, I, I love that the one bathroom actually has a non-smoking sign on the toilet. If there was one place in the world that I would think I could sit on the toilet and smoke a cigar, it would be Ebor City in the J.C. Newman factory. That's, that's a fair point. <laughs> I mean, you could, you could only improve, I'm just saying. But, it, I mean, it's beautiful artwork. I love the artwork of it. I love the look at the rollers room. I like so much of what they've done there. And I'm like you, this is definitely, um, I definitely want to go back to Ebor City. And next time I go, I'm going to spend a couple of days where I can really just 
sit and drink coffee and smoke cigars and eat the amazing food they have there and everything like that. Really get the full experience instead of having something else to occupy your time. So tell me how the age treating you. Oh, man, I love this cigar. This is this is great. I, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning, so I'm just trying to, that, just trying to you know kind of get the day restarted in a good way. And that you know, a cigar is usually a good way to do this, and this is a perfect one. I had, I went to one of the other shops in town yesterday, and picked up three cigars, and one was the the H Upman AJ Fernandez, which is just. If I go to this shop, I always immediately grab one of those. I got the Charter Oak Habano, and I got this. And so last night, I had already smoked the AJ Fernandez. And so I was I was on my way. I went, dropped my daughter off, and I was on my way home. Had about an hour in the car. I was like, all right, do I smoke the A now? Smoke the Habano on the show tomorrow? Because I haven't smoked that on the show yet either. Right. Or do I smoke the Habano tonight and save the A for the show tomorrow? And I went back and forth. I was like, no, I think, I, I think I'm think i going to be in the headspace tomorrow that will suit the A better. It wasn't about what I wanted last night. It was all thinking about today. And I think I chose chose wisely, as, as they say. The last A I smoked, I was sitting in the woods around the campfire at Deer Camp, and the moonshine jar had just passed my hand to the next person in line. And I whipped one of those out and started smoking it, and it was perfect. I yeah. mean, they're really because we were all sitting around the campfire drinking moonshine, and you and COVID be <laughs> forget. I don't care about COVID at this point. I'm in the woods. I'm sitting around a fire, and we're and if you have moonshine, you don't pour moonshine into shot glasses. You must pass the mason right. jar around, and everybody take a hit. Even better if you've got a uh, an earthenware crock like the. Like the old days. If you know how to use it properly. You've, yeah, you've got to have the shoulder move. Now, this to everybody out there, if you know you're going to be where you're using an earthenware crock, get you one in practice. Practice that move where you put it on your shoulder, put it to your lips, and lift your chicken wing. And anybody do who pork. doesn't have a clue what we're talking about, first of all, I'm sorry you didn't grow up in the South. <laughs> secondly, My condolences. secondly uh, look up a moonshine jug. Yeah, you, you must. There's a proper method for there that. There is a proper method for how to drink out of a moonshine jug. Yeah, and you better know, and you better know right, because that's that's like not cutting your cigar properly, and all. But we were passing around the mason jar, so we was keeping it easy for the amateurs around that, the fire. That's fair. That's fair. And all. But speaking of the COVID, cigar shipments to U.S. soar in September. This from Cigar Aficionado. You know, I've been talking to. A lot of people in the industry that own retail stores primarily, and some people on the manufacturer side, and everyone's telling me the same thing, that they were terrified of what this was going to do to the industry, considering it's all based on, you know, a fleet of a sales force that goes door to door, essentially. You know, the entire business model in the cigar industry is in-person sales, salesman-driven sales, salesperson-driven sales. And, you know, everyone was terrified that if we can't get in front of people, how is this going to affect us? If people can't go to the shops, if the shops are closed, like, what's this going to do? And the early numbers, at least from September, are showing 46.2% 
increase over the previous year. That's huge. Well, and I th- so here's what I think happened. Um, we had a buddy here that got COVID last week. You may not know him, but he got COVID last week, and he called and he said, "Hey, I've got the COVID, but I'm out of cigars." And it was actually one of those deals where he gave them their credit card. They laid them on the trunk of one of the guy here's car. He drove by, stepped out of the car, grabbed it, went home, and he had cigars. I think people are smoking more cigars because they're buying them a box at a time. Mm. And times when they would have passed on a cigar because they only had eight left, they're like, well, now I've got a box of 20 sitting there. I also think some of it comes from the fact that we are not eating out like we once did. You know, we're not going to the movies. We're not going to bars. We're not doing those things that otherwise would have taken up our discretionary spending money. Yeah, there's probably a little of that. And so there's a little bit of a... For those who were lucky enough not to have issues with their employment, their paycheck, and that sort of thing, throughout all of this, you know, finding a budget surplus is like, well, yeah, I can can afford to buy another box of cigars or to, you know... And also, you know, we've had unseasonably warm weather late into the season. You know, it's 68 degrees outside today the day before Thanksgiving. Right. So, you know, and that's not just the South. It's been unseasonably warm all throughout the country um, for the most part. So you've got a whole bunch of people who are able to extend the smoking season at home. Uh, Yeah. And, and I just, I I love that. I'm so glad to hear um, that the industry is not suffering. Well, and let's take our hat off to the industry. The industry could have used this as an excuse to raise prices. But I don't know anybody. They did their normal price increase they always do annually. Yeah. And they haven't pushed it any further than that. Right. So that, that speaks well of the industry. They're like, okay, there's people buying more cigars. It's a little harder for us to get the cigars to the stores with the restrictions and all that stuff. But we'll eat that. We're not going to raise our prices to that. So that's one of, the, one of those many things that makes the cigar industry great. Yeah. Is that they were able to do that in such a way as not to have to pass on to their consumers, you know, a big portion of that. So, part men's spa, part cigar lounge, Man Cave opens December 7th. So, this is from the Atlanta, what now Atlanta. And and Atlanta has probably more cigar shops per square mile than anywhere in the country. As far as I know, yeah. It's over 100. Yeah, they, they have a lot. And this is, so they're opening this spa. Now, okay, I hate the name Man Cave Atlanta. We've, I'm not going to get into it because we've talked about how much we both hate the term Man Cave as a general rule. Yeah. But other than that, I like this. You can get you a manicure. You can get you a pedicure. You can get a haircut. And you can have a cigar. And they have a lounge area for that. And they do it, and we've talked about memberships before. The memberships from two hundred and fifty to a thousand dollars a month. That's just insane to me. Not well, so but you got to think about it this way: if you pay a thousand dollars a month, if you're like myself and you own a small business and you pay a thousand dollars a month so that you can entertain some potential big clients there, you can write that off your taxes. Well, th- that's true, and I'm not, you know, and I'm not saying that there's, you know that they're inherently evil for offering membership at this rate. I'm not going, uh, that's not my, my point. I just can't conceive of spending $12,000 a year. Well, so if you go package C, say you go the $1,000 a month. I love this. You get access to both lounges, complimentary facial, manicure, pedicure, massage, once quarterly, 
valet door service, and up to 15 free entry guests per visit. See, and that's what, if you're going to charge me monthly, I think the perks should be monthly. Oh, I agree. I, I agree. That you and, and I'm sorry, for $1,000 a month, I realize you're, you're pricing it that way because you want some exclusivity. But a, a facial, a manicure, a pedicure, and a massage, all of those things, you know, equates to what? A couple hundred bucks, you know? Yeah. A hundred bucks, maybe, depending on the quality of the product. So you can, with a $1,000 monthly subscription, I think you can afford to offer one per month instead of one per quarter on that. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think you could step that up. The fifteen free guests, though, is a great option. So, if that's you want to have a, a party, corporate membership, yeah, that's what makes a corporate membership viable. If you want to have a party and have your fifteen best salesmen come with you and have a cigar and things like that, then that that makes it well worthwhile. Yeah. So, I do like that. You know, the Burns Lounge did the membership, does the membership thing. And it was funny because they had a lounge in Atlanta that actually cost more to be a member than the lounge in Chattanooga. So people would drive from Atlanta to Chattanooga, become a member of Burns Chattanooga, and use their membership at Burns in Atlanta. Oh, that's funny. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's the way they used to do it. And the membership thing's good because, you know, the Burns membership was $100 a month, and you got that much in store credit. Right. So that makes sense. It builds a, a steady stream of income into the shop, regardless of what the market does. They know they've got this much money every month coming in. Well, and that's why you see so many cigar shops really pushing the the membership and the locker things like that because it's you know yes they end up giving you know money back in product and discounts and things like that. So it really does benefit the customer more than it benefits the shop. But what it does for the shop is a guaranteed revenue stream of at least a certain amount of money every month or every year or whatever it is. You know, and that when you're trying to keep lights on, especially during, you know, a year like we've had, that's it's it's great to know you have that little bit of safety net. Yeah. I mean I'll, I mean it's pennies in the total budget, don't get me wrong, but it's still better than than nothing. Yeah, I mean, other than than what they called it, man cave, I'm all aboard on this thing. That's my biggest problem with it. So, all right, let's talk about the Cremus Particularis. It doesn't smell as bad now as it did when you first lit it up. It's just not good. (laughs) I'm not surprised by that one bit. That's the only thing I can say about it is it's just not good. I wish it was. I would like to have enjoyed this. Because this is one of my favorite things is when we do decide to do the cigar cast in the mornings and I get to have my morning cigar with you. Um, and as it's Cremus, I thought, okay, it's a lighter cigar, which is always what I would choose in the mornings anyway. Right. But um, it started out skunky. It's kind of, I've got this weird flavor in my mouth yeah. now. Kind of funky. I've got to go look at a truck after this or I would literally stay here and smoke in Africa just to try to redeem myself. Right. But it's just... Um, I don't know. I just it's a, it's a two or a three at most. Yeah, just not a good cigar. Yeah, the the A. I think the A is a seven. I think it's that good. I have smoked half a dozen or more of them, some somewhere between six and ten of them. Every single one has been as good as the last. They are priced really well. I know you would take off a point for availability, but ever since they got through the initial shipment, they're pretty easy to find now. They're not selling out as quickly as they did the first time. It's absolutely, in my opinion, the best cigar that they make in the lineup. 
Right. Definitely the best McAuliffe. So, yeah, you know what? I, 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 I hold sevens really, really tight. I do not give them out often. The McAuliffe is a seven. That's, that's, I can see how you came to that conclusion. I couldn't give it a seven myself. Because you I like the Africa it, more, and so that has become your... Well, I could give it a, se- a six and a half very easily. I like that it don't come in boxes. It only comes in bundles. So and that's That doesn't pl- bother me because I take everything out of the box to put it in my humidor anyway. Well, that's actually a plus for me. Oh, okay. Because it means that I'm not having... I'm still getting a premium cigar, and I'm not having to pay for the box. Right. Because if it comes in a box, you know, you look at the Africa box. It's beautiful. You yeah. know that some of what you're paying for when you buy that cigar is the box. The box. Yeah. So I do like that aspect of it. I like Price the, point around six bucks. Yeah. McAuliffe, they do business well. I they mean, do. Al just is the consummate businessman. They're pulled all their cigars, as we mentioned earlier. They've pulled all their cigars from online retailers. They're solely behind the brick and mortar. They've done great things for the cigar industry. Right. And all that being said, I still can't quite pull the trigger on a seven for that cigar. That's, but that, I can see how somebody could. I was expecting a bit more pushback from you on that. So uh, that, that's, that's pretty good. So how do they get a hold of us, Trey? You can reach us via email at info at cigarcast.com. We're on facebook.com slash the cigarcast and Instagram and Twitter at the cigarcast. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening this week. And until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us. Mm-hmm.